Hello, and welcome to episode 10. I'm like staring at myself when I should be staring at the camera. These are the things I'm learning. These are the things you learn when you start a podcast. Um, today, I have my friend Heejan. Heejan Sue is how I think you say her name. Um, she is an incredible graphic designer, brand specialist, uh, who worked for Chipotle and HelloFresh and a bunch of different freelance stuff. And we talk about her experiences growing up in Korea and studying in Chicago and living in New York City for like seven years and then moving out here to LA. And uh, it was cool. We met on Instagram and this was like the first um, Will You Be My Friend Corona episode where they were really a stranger and I didn't, I, I didn't know her before this conversation. And at the end, I got to ask her if she wanted to be my friend. And um, you'll have to see the whole episode to see what her answer is. But it's nice, you know, because eventually I think that's where the podcast is heading. Just, you know, talking to strangers and trying to trying to get more friends and also just uh, learn from people. But <clears throat> enough of my rambling. Uh, here is episode 10 with Hege. Hege, my friend. Hey. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. It's nice to it's nice to meet you over the years. Yeah. Nice to meet you too. Yeah. Um earlier uh when we were just meeting like a couple minutes ago, you were talking to me about being a little bit unproductive. Mm-hmm. I know that I've had a lot of those days with the quarantine as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. What um in terms of like productivity, like are there any projects that you're trying to work on right now? Yeah, um, so I guess like I can tell you like a little bit of a background, what I do, sure. yeah. Sure. So I'm a designer and I've been doing uh, graphic design for the past like 10, 11 years now. Great. And um, it's been really fun and I really liked working on a lot of projects and I, I mostly worked on like a branding and marketing, making mm-hmm. like little ads for the social media and like, et cetera. And, um, but I've been doing that for 10 years and it's kind mm-hmm. of feeling a little bit like, oh, I've been, I feel like, I mean, every project is a little different, but also like, I kind of like know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So like part of me feels kind of like, oh, it's kind of redundant, like over and over again. And yeah. it felt like a little bit boring for me. Uh-huh. And also, like, I'm, like, at the point where I know, like, the things that I like and then, like, like career-wise, like, I kind of see the trajectory of, like, what it's going to be, Great. like, in, like, 10 years. And then I don't know if I like it. So I'm, like, trying to shift my career mm. within the design, but a little bit different. So I don't want to do like marketing anymore kind of. And then Mm -hmm. I want to be like designing more of like digital products, like app design or like more in like tech sector. Cool. But I don't have portfolio for that. I mean, I have been like working on a couple of projects for that, but then I Mm -hmm. haven't really made the actual portfolio to put into my website. So I'm trying to write up like a case studies and like what I did, et cetera. But like, 
not a writer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like trying to like write something and but also like this quarantine again is like not really helpful because like my mind is going like other ways like I can't yeah. it's really hard for me for some reason to write like one sentence <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know so yeah I really wanted to be productive like writing the case study and then making assets for my portfolio but mm-hmm. it's really taking me forever Oh yeah, I hear you. I totally, one hundred percent hear you. I had a uh, English teacher in high school uh-huh. who told us that, like, when we really struggled with starting our essays, uh-huh. to write like the first thing in the essay, like "fuck you" to the teacher. I think yeah. I'm trying to remember his name. Let's just say his name was like, I don't know, Mister English teacher. Yeah, so sure. then he'd like he'd like tell us to write like "fuck you, Mister English." teacher like i hate you i hate you for making me like write this essay and (laughs) then like the idea was is before we knew it we were like writing all these sentences that's actually like a cool trick (laughs) yeah just like let it out from your system and then like kind of keep it going yeah 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 Yeah, but i like i still do stuff like that sometimes yeah (laughs) like if i really am struggling starting something i'll just be like okay it can literally be anything i can write down anything i want (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's really nice. Maybe yeah, I think like that's actually a really good point. Like I think part of me is like a definitely some like a perfectionist mm. and then like I want and it's kinda like a I don't know, like as a designer, like you have to be perfectionist but but then also at the same time you gotta know that like you're always in the process of like getting to somewhere that is like better. Mm-hmm. So like it's more like an iterative process than like, okay, I'm gonna like nail it for at the first try. Totally. But, like, and I've been like doing that like iterative process for the past 10 years, then like mm-hmm. still it's somehow really hard for me to be like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll like come back and like, you know, evolve. It's yeah, it's really hard for me. Oh yeah. I think do do you would you agree with the statement that it's kind of like it's particularly hard with creative people? Mm. Or do yeah. you do you think that it's like everyone kinda has a same amount of difficulty with like getting their work done? I think I wanna say yeah, I think I wanna say like creative people struggle more because like there is like a certain expectation because you are a creative person and like Mm. your job is like creative and then even if like nobody's like telling you to like for example like this portfolio it's like Mm. my own project it's not like commissioned by like the client or whatever Mm. but still i'm like you know my own slave almost and then like i'm kind of like telling myself like you have to be like you know like really nail this project you have your (laughs) outcome has to be like perfect and like you your outcome has to like wow everybody that's Mm. like always inside of my head i think like most of the creative like because like we thrive to be like i guess like unique and like want to wow people i guess with our creativity Mm -hmm. so yeah in that sense i think i agree with that um 
sentence. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, like I know, I know athletes will sometimes struggle to like get off the couch and like go do their workout or like other, mm-hmm. you know, people with, you know, like a job that they don't like would definitely struggle like getting it to work. But th- it's something that I've been trying to figure out recently is uh, for whatever reason, I think it's like harder for creatives to get their creative work done. There's this, um, there's this self-help book that I really like and talk about probably way too much um, <laughs> by this guy. His name's Stephen Pressfield, and uh-huh. he wrote this book called The War of Art. Hmm. Have you ever heard of that book? Really. It's like It's like just some like self-help book for artists, but he talks about this thing called resistance and like resistance is anything that keeps the artist from like working on their art. And uh-huh. he talks about it as if it was this like force of nature. And um, I don't know, that analogy has been helpful for me, but yeah. it's something I've been thinking about recently. Yeah. I yeah. actually, in the same like subject, I guess, um, mm-hmm. I, when you kind of like your, your project last year of like mm-hmm. 365 songs, like every yeah. day, yeah, I thought that was like really like brilliant way to kind of like get out of that mindset like everything Mm. has to be perfect and I know a lot of designers actually like does that too like they do like some kind of like a one I don't know like blah 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 day or like one like UI design a day or whatever and Mm. they just like they know that it's not going to be perfect but like just start it and then finish it that's like the mentality because like sometimes like yeah, it's not really like helping you to like make something better, but like only, you know, disrupting you from making one. Totally. Yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah. 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 I have, I usually, <laughs> I usually <laughs> don't tell people this when I like first meet them because this opinion on perfectionism comes across a little strong, but hmm. since we're on the subject of perfectionism, yeah. I I have a I have a sinking feeling that perfectionism is just a way that we lie to ourselves to mm-hmm. like get out of getting stuff done because yeah. I think that I think that nothing is ever actually perfect. Oh yeah. So totally. like at a certain time like we just have to just have to yeah. decide that it's finished. Yeah. I I really like this um sentence or like a quote I guess um yeah done is better than perfect oh yeah yeah and like i try to like remember that like all the time but it's really hard (laughs) yeah same me too so what is it that um got you into design did you start like illustrating at a young age or anything like that um (laughs) it's actually like a really funny story um Uh so i am i'm not from here i'm actually from south korea Cool. Uh, born and raised and I was there until uh, I actually went to college like very briefly uh-huh. so in Korea the whole like education system is like, very very different than here mm. so um, here I think like I mean I I know like kind of like a little bit correct me if I'm wrong but um, you like just like study and then you kind of like apply for the specific like a major that you want to do like for your um university Mm. and then like you kind of like think about like what you want to do like kind of early on when 
when you're even younger, I guess. Yeah. It's not really the case in Korea. It's like, it, I don't know. It's kind of like, it's kind of sad because like, until you go to the college, like every single, everybody's goal is to just like go to college, mm. like specifically go to like a good college, mm. like go like let's say like if if i want to like compare that to here like everybody's goal would be go to like ivy league is mm. like their goal and i was like one of them and uh i was just like studying and then like um i did my sat and which is like also different than here here you get like multiple opportunities to do the test but in korea you get only one per year which is like wow. huge pressure yeah so um anyways like i did that essay sat and then i got the score and then based on the score you can apply for four three or four different schools and like specific major but then usually like people unless like you have like a specific goal like oh i want to go to like medical school or like i want to go to like let's say like I guess like art and like music are like a little bit different because they start like very, very young in Korea. Mm. So, but I wasn't one of them. So I got my score and then, but then, then like you kind of think about like, okay, like what do I want to study <laughs> in, in college? Like then, and I was like, oh, well, like, I don't know. I never thought about it. So I like literally randomly like applied for schools like, like a good schools, but then totally different majors. I think like one I applied for like Korean literature and then the the second school I applied for like like a basically like a early like a kindergarten like education mm -hmm. and then third one was uh, business and administration and then the four I, I guess like you can only like apply for three. And then I didn't get into the first two. So I was like, okay, like, I guess I'll study <laughs> business mm -hmm. for college. But then when I actually went to the college and I went into the first class, I immediately knew that I, I just really hate <laughs> business <laughs> class or like business theory and everything yeah and i was like sitting there and thinking like oh my god this is so boring i can't believe i have to like study this for like four years and not only that but like with that degree i'll have to like do this boring stuff for my entire life mm. i was like really miserable and then i like really yeah and i was like ah oh. and after uh even like within a semester, I kind of like kind of gave up on it. And I was like, yeah. oh, I, I don't want to like study. And, um, and I just like really hated going to school. And of course, because of that, my uh, score, like my GPA was like trash, you know? Yeah. And then, um, and I, I was just like, oh my God, but like I'm paying for all these classes. Like my parents like are paying for these classes and I felt like super bad. And I was like thinking, okay, like I need to figure out like how to fix this and I need to figure out how to like, you know, like just like really need to think about like what I really want to do, like mm. what I want to do with my life basically. And then when I was in high school, um, I kind of self-taught myself um, 
like Photoshop and Illustrator, yeah. just like for fun. And then uh, that's also like a little bit of an embarrassing story um, <laughs> because uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, like right now, like K-pop is like really big, uh-huh. but it, before it became like internationally big, the like, K-pop was already existed in Korea. And then yeah. I was like one of the K-pop like boy band, like fangirl. And then I was like fangirling over this like one particular boy band. Uh-huh. And then I, and then, you know, like a lot of like girls like these days too, like they always like make like a fan art of like whatever. And then I basically wanted to make the fan art. <laughs> That's why I kind of like downloaded this like, actually I didn't download like Photoshop at first. Like uh-huh. it was like a little, slightly different like now they're gone like coral draw or something and then mm. i downloaded that like illegally <laughs> and then nice. like i started to <laughs> kind of like self teaching myself like how to use it and then but then i really got into it and then i was like sharing my artwork with my the, the community of this like boy band fan girls and then but the within that community there were like a lot of different like age groups and then mm. i was the high school student but then there were some like older uh you know people too like in their like 20s or 30s like working mm-hmm. and there were some like designers too and then they actually saw my fan <laughs> fan arts and they're like oh you actually really are good at this thing and they were really like encouraging me to like do more and I was like really just like enjoying making stuff. And then I also like made some like posters or like t-shirt design or whatever uh, for my friends and like my church groups. Like, so I really enjoyed doing that already. And then when I like started to think about like what I really want to do with my life, that kind of like, like, you know, I thought of that. Mm. Oh, I actually do enjoy making like this design design stuff cool i really wanted to do that but then at the same time it was really hard to do it like in korea because Mm. um again like a lot of the people they start so young they're like in their like middle school or like elementary Mm. school and then you know in order to go to the art college you have to pass like a technical exam Oh, wow. Which, yeah, which I ne- would never be able to pass because, like, I can't compete with, like, someone who started, like, when they're in, like, you know, middle school. So, yeah. but then, like, I tried to, like, think about, like, okay, when, how can I get into that field? Mm. And then uh, some of my friends had, like, similar experiences and then they uh, were kind of recommending me to go to kind of, like, a like a technical like it's not like a really college but like a technical schools i guess Mm -hmm. like take some courses and then get the skill set and then just like go to the field like right away so i was like okay like maybe i can like talk to my parents about that and um i brought that up uh after a year uh when i was in college and my parents were like absolutely not they're like so mad and they're like what are you even saying so you're not gonna go to the college and you know like i mean so they're like no and then but also like they actually had a point like my dad specifically was like 
hey, like, okay, like, I guess, like, you don't like what you're studying, but then also you just started, like, you didn't even, like, do your best, like, you, it sounds like you're not even, like, putting any effort in, like, actually discover what this, like, business major is, you just, like, went into, like, a couple classes, and you just decided that, like, oh, I hate it, and then, like, you just, like, didn't even consider Mm. otherwise, and I was, like, I guess that's like a fair point and then he was basically he made a deal with me and then he said okay you let's do this like you spend you will just like give your best for the next semester and then see if you really hate this major and it or if there's like any possibility that like it might work for you and Mm -hmm. you might be able to like get through this college because like he can't really like you know so I was like okay fine and I did and I did put into like a lot of effort in it but Mm -hmm. long story short I hated it (laughs) sure yeah and then I came back after the next semester and, and I was like okay that I spent like really long time and like really tried hard put in some effort, everything, but didn't work. I still really hate it. And I'm very serious about this. And then, then my dad was like, okay, you sound like you're very serious about this. And then he actually like suggested me to uh, study abroad in, to mm-hmm. the US. And then he was like, well, it's really hard. It, Cause he, he knew that it's really hard to go to our school in Korea. So he's like, well, why don't you, Cause my sister was gonna study abroad anyway so she's like but also like part of me thinks that like he said it because he didn't think that i would get in <laughs> uh. <laughs> i don't know i didn't i never said that to my dad but now that i'm thinking and i'm like maybe he said it to like just to bluff you know like yeah. it's like yeah she's not gonna get in but then somehow, <laughs> somehow i got in yeah <laughs> Wow. So has your has your so your your illustration and your design mm-hmm. has mostly always been on the computer, like you started with Photoshop. Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. I feel like do do most like designers start on paper or, or do you find that a lot of your colleagues are also like started with Photoshop? I think it's it's actually like different for everybody, I think. Mm-hmm. Um I think especially these days, a lot of the people maybe like start from like learning programs. Mm. It's like a lot of the people like now they have like all the tools that they have like on like their laptop or like whatever desktop computer. But, um, but I think like, I know like a lot of designers like who really loves doodling and then like sketching out and stuff. I was never a doodler. Mm. I mean, I do do the illustration like for some like work and stuff. Like, I don't know. It doesn't feel natural to me. Like I'm not Mm. even, yeah, I doodle like sometimes when I'm like Mm. on the phone and I'm like super bored and like I would doodle, but like it doesn't really like naturally occur to me. When I was like working at Chipotle, Mm -hmm. I had this like one coworker who's like, constantly like drawing just like Mm. for fun like for me again that like perfectionism comes in and then doodles seems too just like messy and like not good 
so yeah it, that makes it's sense. kind of a yeah kind of a struggle for me in a way but yeah, yeah. wow that's so interesting what's your mm-hmm. like um what's your most satisfying type of projects and what i mean mm. by that like is it is it like doing like a mural or doing an ad or making a logo mm-hmm. or like you know what i mean yeah yeah well i think it also like depends on the project but i think like satisfying can be like a little bit different like in terms of like I guess like if I get through this like really difficult project Mm -hmm. and I would still be like satisfied with like some of my work, but like, did I enjoy like every single process? Like probably not, you know, but um, if you mean um, that the the project that I enjoy to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really love like doing like photo shoots. Um, Oh, yeah, and I, that's like something that I didn't really learn from my um, college, like mm. studying design. That's like more of a skill set that I uh, kind of took on while working. Um, mm. So yeah, I, I used to work at Chipotle uh, on their marketing side, and also after Chipotle, I worked at HelloFresh, which is the meal kit uh, company, cool. for like a year. And, uh, I, yeah, that was like at Chipotle, like that was my first time doing the photo shoot and like kind of concepting out the photo shoot and like art directing on set, like working with the photographer and, um, different people like, like assistants and also like, um, the food stylist and prop stylist. Yeah. It was like really fascinating. And then it's, it's a little bit different than like, designing like by myself like i i i think what i like about uh the photo shoot is that the collaboration part of it it's i i i come up with the concept but then it's not just like me doing everything it's more like i come up with the concept but then i also like talk to the photographer and then like talk like i kind of like get her feeling on the like lighting or like whatever like her because like that's also like her expertise and then yeah I also like talk to the stylist and then because like she also has like some kind of like opinion or like suggestions yeah. so like all this like there's different experts like bringing their own like ideas to the table and then we're making it like together then like just like me trying to like carry everything like by myself so yeah I that was like the the projects that i uh like the most how fun have you ever yeah. been like uh behind the camera taking the pictures yourself i actually uh my kind of like a double majored in photography cool for my undergrad but also like it's very different than like the commercial photography i was like more of a fine art photography person yeah. and i but uh, yeah i I I double majored it, but then like I don't even have a camera right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, not, not really. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. That's super funny. Yeah. So what brought you to Los Angeles? 
Because I know just from like reading your website and a lot of that information might be out of date. I don't know. But I know I know that you spent like significant amount of time in Chicago, New York and now L.A., right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So um, I I was in New York until uh, like a beginning of last year. So and oh, wow. I, I yeah, I was in New York for like seven years, I, I think. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was like really fun, and you know, like New York is like very much like one of a kind. I yeah. actually do miss it a lot, but also at the same time because it's like such an exciting, really like outgoing city. It part of it like drains you out like really quickly, mm. and then there's like a huge like social pressure about like always like you have to like be always like be onto something you know mm. like you have to do stuff like even not even like career only the career but also like on your social life too mm. like there's like a, like over the weekend like on monday like you already know that like oh my god like what do i say to people that i what i did for the weekend you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a huge pressure like someone's like oh i went to the you know like upstate new york like going to a hike or like someone is like oh i went to this show and or someone's like oh well, i went to this new restaurant blah 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 you know mm. there's like so many things that you're you can do but then also like it pressures you so much yeah and then i i mean i did enjoy it for a little bit but then it yeah after seven years i was like kind of struggling mm. and then also um the the new job was like kind of like not the quite a right fit for me so like that the was fresh also, job yeah yeah hello fresh job i mean i i did still like some parts of it too mm-hmm. but then uh yeah I, I i guess like it it was like a little bit different environment than chipotle because um the chipotle was more like a established like corporate basically and then they already had like everything like all the like working process like in place whereas HelloFresh is a little bit more like a startup environment and I mean where I I do like adapt like quite fast like yeah. quickly but also I don't know it was just a lot of like different moving parts like it's something like didn't really work out because um they also like it was like our for their first time working with the in-house creative team so mm. there were like a lot of like figuring out and then like just going back and forth and it was like really hard on me and yeah so it's like all like combined together and i was like oh i'm just like i really need to like make some change in my life and also like uh yeah and and also like work-wise too like like i said like earlier um i kind of realized that i don't want to do marketing anymore so Mm. i was like what else i can do and then i just like wanted to like take a break a little bit from Mm branding and also like take wanted to take a break from like working for one brand for a long time Mm. so and also the opportunity came because uh 
I got my green card approved uh, while I was HelloFresh. Yeah, so. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, so that's why I kind of decided, well, now I can just work for myself, you know, mm. like can be the full-time freelance like for the first time ever. So yeah, I just like wanted to take that chance. So, and like you said, I, I did my undergrad in Chicago and then mm. lived in um, East Coast for a long time. So I was like, well, why don't I try out the West Coast? So <laughs> nice. yeah, that was like a little bit of a spontaneous uh, decision that I made but hell yeah yeah <laughs> how do you yeah. like it um last year it was a disaster <laughs> really <laughs> yeah how come i mean not really i i i guess like it's not a disaster but it was like really hard because mm. um again like i kind of realized that well i didn't really think this through <laughs> yeah because um i well a i don't have a license driver's license and then uh, I don't have a car don't know I'm mean, not that I don't know how to drive but like since I don't have a license I can't drive totally and um and also like I I lived in Chicago and New York we're all like it's you know city I mean LA is a city too but like a very different city yeah and I I, I think like I only lived in the city where you don't necessarily need a car yeah and then was the first time ever that I felt like, oh, I actually do need a car. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like really hard for me because I just love walking around, being able yeah. to like go everywhere, just like on foot or like public transportation. Yeah. But it's not <laughs> really feasible here, it feels like. So it was like really hard on that. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, there's very limited ways to be able to do that. Like if you lived in one neighborhood and everything was literally right there. What what uh what neighborhood in Los Angeles do you live in? Oh, uh, I'm in I'm in K Town. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Hell yeah. Which is like pretty walkable yeah. within LA. Yeah. 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 But yeah, and and also like I kind of struggled with like. It, this one actually like a lot of my friends warned me about um mm. la felt like so isolated like mm. very isolated compared to like other cities but also yeah. like part of it is that um, my lifestyle changed too because i was working full-time or like in school in like different cities so like i already kind of like moved into like a, the community that is like already there yeah but then when i moved here I just like moved by myself. I was like working from home, Mm. you know, like working solo. So do you live alone too? I I do have roommates. So that, that helps a little bit, but also like, it's not like my friends or anything. They just like, I just met them online. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's also like a little bit different. So it was kind of like, it felt like a little bit harder for me to, finding like a community yeah in, totally yeah the city so that was like pretty hard but like now like i kind of like met friends like through my friends and stuff great. so it feels like a little bit better now which is great yeah 
Yeah, making friends is so tough. That's that's basically yeah. why I named the podcast Will oh, Be My are. Friend. <laughs> Great. Because uh because I had been I mean now I've been here for I guess it'll be two years in August at oh, this cool. uh this like bungalow that I live in by myself. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, exactly like what you're saying, like with me living alone, um, it's so easy for me to to spend so much time by myself and maybe okay. go like over a week or so without seeing another human being. Yeah. Um, so at the turn of the year, I was thinking like, what's a, what are some like good ways just to have people over more often? And I was yeah. like, Oh, if I have a podcast, then it'll <laughs> give, it'll give yeah. someone a reason to like come over yeah. because uh, I live in Pasadena, but mm-hmm. I used to live in Highland park which is mm-hmm. kind of like yeah a lot of a lot of my friends still live over there like mm-hmm. it's kind of the hub of like the east side yeah, music yeah. scene and stuff mm-hmm. um but a lot of those friends like they're they're a lot less likely to come over to Pasadena to hang mm-hmm. like it's just a little too far for them to drive over mm-hmm. but i was thinking like if i have a podcast then yeah. it might give <laughs> them like a to. reason <laughs> to like yeah. come over and hang yeah. out yeah so between um I mean, obviously it's Corona season, so I'm not having anyone over, but I started this podcast back in November. Actually, I have a bunch Mm -hmm. like recorded that I haven't released yet that I've done here like live. Mm -hmm. Um, So between that and then also uh, the finishers group, which is what you reached out to ask me about originally. Mm -hmm. um, It's, it has been like really cool just having people over and being able to spend more time with people. No, but yeah, LA is a, uh, it can be, it can be a lonely city. I've heard the same thing about New York. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. true. I mean, it could be, but also it feels like a little bit different because like even, I guess like it's like a little bit different type of loneliness because mm-hmm. here, because like you're physically just like, you know, far away from everybody. Yeah. Like th- I think that's like the loneliness that's coming from that like physical you know distance but like in new york it's more like you just interact or like just see this like groups like thousands of people Mm -hmm. every single day like you share your life with like all the strangers but then you feel like oh i'm just like this one person within like this like huge group of people that i don't know Mm. so that's like a little bit I don't know, like if that makes sense, but no, it totally makes sense. Yeah. With the uh, with you wanting to get into apps and stuff, mm-hmm. do you see mm-hmm. yourself moving in the Silicon Valley direction? Um, I kind of like thought about it because that's like, unfortunately, like where it's at because totally. like yeah. all this like industries and like talents too i mean like people are saying like if you want to be in like advertisement then like go to new york and like or like fashion or art like you Mm -hmm. go to new york and then now i think san francisco is like a hub of like a tech scene yeah and i think the quality of work i mean i guess like you it's like arguable like you know maybe like also like after this corona because everybody is like so like used to 
working remotely now, not now, but like maybe by the time we get out of Corona. Which so, will be God knows yeah. how long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, maybe that'll allow like other cities to be more like working remotely, like with like companies in SF. But right for now, like I think a lot of the companies like who are more like far advanced in that sector are like in uh sf but i also know that because it's so expensive to live there like a lot mm. of the companies like trying to like seek out the second hub yeah and i know that um some of the, the they're like uh, different offices like facebook or like twitter or something their second offices are in la oh in, cool yeah El Segundo or like Santa Monica area and then yeah. now they're calling Santa Monica like Silicon Silicon Beach That's I don't know if you heard of it but yeah. I thought that was like super silly but yeah yeah there's another big I'm not going to be able to remember it but I was talking to a friend recently and I just learned that another big like tech company is in Santa Monica that I, I didn't realize mm. that they're at but anyway that that is that is all very interesting. Mm-hmm. How have you uh, how have you been with this whole Corona shit? Uh well, it's it's really weird, but also like like a my life mm-hmm. has been like I've been like quarantining for the past <laughs> year, you know. <laughs> Already, <laughs> I was like working from home, like. Yeah. I'm not really like contacting with anybody yeah. so I was like well I guess like it's kind of the same but but also it, it feels like different when it's like your own choice but like now it's like you know like you're forced to be yeah. at home yeah. so that's like a little bit you know different and the even when I was like working uh, last year by yeah. myself like I did like do something for the weekend. I would like see my friends or like mm. try to like go somewhere else or like at least like go to a restaurant, like mm. have like a drink with friends or something. But then this happens and I can't really see my friends and mm. really being like super like isolating mode feels so, yeah, so odd. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 strange. Um, I get I get a little concerned about like um, the. It seems like the fabric of society dissolved very quickly. Like my experience of it um, went from like having a certain lifestyle to having mm-hmm. a dramatically different lifestyle in maybe a matter of like four or five days. And of course, like from a global perspective, it took more time than that. But like my individual experience was like, whoa, in four or five days, like this little invisible virus (laughs) thing can like completely change the way I live my life and the way all my neighbors live my life. And um, that's made me like freak out a little bit. And maybe I listened to a little too many podcasts where they were talking about like, like other viruses, like worse <laughs> plagues that might be coming in the future. No. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's been it's been really strange. It seems like California is gonna do pretty well health wise, though. Like compared to some other states. 
Yeah, but so also like, I mean, yes, but also like, I part of me feels like, how true is that? You know, mm-hmm. like they're saying like, oh, New York is the epicenter of like coronavirus, but yeah, because way they like literally like just like so many people like in one city and yeah. just like you know passing by day to day so like that's like well no brainer but also like it became the epicenter because they are doing a lot of testing and then they're like confirming uh, like a lot of a lot more people than like any other states yeah like that happened with actually south korea early on too and after they kind of found out the first confirmed case like they kind of like went with this testing very aggressively yeah and as a result like because you've you've done like more testing we got more confirmed cases and then people were like oh my god like korea like what's going on but then that's actually better to know that like okay like we it's like accurate data of like okay like this many people has it and then we know exactly what to do with this people who has who has it so like totally but right now like i don't even know like where to get the test you know and then same i think yeah because like new york i think like they they actually like really escalated this like testing system Mm. so they are testing a lot more but like here i guess like the lifestyle is a little bit different than like new york so maybe in that sense it might be better but also you can't really sure and I don't think it's a accurate data mm. saying that like oh at least fine I don't really think that's true but I don't know yeah I hear you do you do you know anyone who has it I actually saw one of my friends said like she has it but I don't know if that's like she got tested and then mm. like saying she has it mm-hmm. and I, I actually know three people. I They think that they have it. Mm-hmm. One is in New York and one is here. And the third person is in like Oklahoma. Mm. And uh, none of them, I think, maybe, I don't know. But I think like none of them got tested. Mm-hmm. And then this guy in Oklahoma, like he actually like felt like this is like coronavirus. So he went to the hospital or like somewhere to get uh tested and then they just sent him home wow yeah so he he couldn't really get tested he couldn't really get any you know like help on anything was it because uh he wasn't over 65 um possibly but and also i don't know if they actually had the testing kit either uh, yeah because like i don't think it's like that broadly available in every state so yeah. that might be the other thing but also like that's also like very scary like so you have it and like you don't you yeah like where can you get help from N- nowhere that's a really scary thing yeah this is definitely something that no one was prepared for yeah for sure. That's crazy. Yeah. It's actually like making me really anxious about like, I mean, like as a country, like Mm. 
you pay you know like taxes and like whatnot yeah. to have like at least like some kind of structure and then some kind of protection when it comes to events like this but then you only realize that oh actually like you don't have any protection like against mm. yourself like from this government you know or like you know like against this virus like from the government so then like yeah it i don't know it kind of like mess messes my mind up around this like whole like a government system and like yeah yeah it's difficult it's that like push and pull of like left versus right where like left wants you know a big reliable government and the right's mm-hmm. like now nah, we can do everything on our own and yeah you know but events like this really put things in perspective i think mm-hmm. and sure. i think that i think that you know it's not it's not even a partisan issue at this point it's just that like we were totally unprepared for anything like this and yeah. it wasn't only us it's like ev- everywhere all over oh, the yeah. world you know it's yeah. hitting everybody hard i mean i'm 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 really concerned about how it's going to hit india and like uh oh, other like impoverished nations like it you yeah know, for sure with everybody living on top of each other it's yeah. it's going to be really be. wild yeah i disagree i'm just like i don't know i i wish that like the u.s like had like a because like you know like it was hap- already happening in mm-hmm. asia already yeah and we could have like had better preparation mm. like knowing that it's gonna come here or maybe like think about the possibility of coming here but then instead we kind of thought that like oh it's happening over there haha and then like literally didn't do anything to <laughs> prepare ourselves so that's like a little bit sad part but well it is what it is <laughs> I yeah i totally agree with you i hope i hope we learn from our mistakes i mean yeah. at at the end of the at the end of the day you know the state of the economy and where it's going to be after all of this will yeah. hopefully get everyone's attention like the people who weren't paying attention earlier you know, yeah. we'll start paying attention for one reason or another. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, it's a it's a wild thing, and I'm just yeah. I'm just not an expert in it at all. No, yeah, I mean nobody is. But actually, you know what though? Like, I I do see good things. Like, you know, like I see a lot of the companies like stepping up and like trying to help with the situation like ventilators and i Mm -hmm. I saw this article about like dyson like Mm -hmm. starting to like manufacture some ventilators so that yeah like distribute to like the hospitals and stuff so that's really cool i hadn't heard of that yeah yeah oh man wild times yeah <laughs> how long how long do you think this quarantine is going to last much further we're, we're about like two weeks in at this point right only two weeks seriously oh no <laughs> it feels i think like so been... <laughs> i think so i'm yeah. trying to think of like the 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 i'm trying to remember what the exact date of the official los angeles like safer at home was issued yeah not I think yeah it was two weeks maybe two yeah weeks i think ago. so yeah 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 yeah, but like like you said, it kind of got escalated so quickly. Like yeah. it was like, 
nothing to like okay like stay at home exactly um <laughs> i i was actually talking about this when I, with my friend early today mm-hmm. um he said that it might kind of be even when it we kind of peak the like the core curve i guess um yeah. it's still gonna be like maybe like go back to like a normal and then quarantine for two more months and then go back to normal for one uh, month because like there will be like some wave coming back and we already are seeing that happening in asia because like mm. i i also read an article about like in hong kong they thought that like everything got like under control so like people went back uh to normal like 100 they went back to like work 100 and then now they're seeing the second wave so like they quickly like you know revert the quarantine and like um, a second quarantine yeah whoa yeah so yeah that's wild i hadn't considered that i was assuming that um that it would take probably a little over a year for us to like fully reintegrate like i'm thinking Mm -hmm. that like something like the staple center probably won't Mm -hmm. be open again for over another year oh yeah but i was thinking like uh some sort of small business or tiny restaurants maybe those could be open in a month and then maybe like movie theaters could be open in like six or seven months or something i don't know i mean this is this was just like but I, I hadn't considered a situation where we would go back to normal and then have to go back to quarantine and then back to normal and back to that. That's really interesting. Yeah, because um, I think we can't probably like have to do that or at least like consider that as like a possibility until we get the vaccine. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Because yeah. it's like the, the only two options are like one, we get the vaccine or two, the virus sweeps through the entire population and people either die or develop antibodies. Like yeah. those are, right? Yeah. Like this is, those are the only two. <laughs> <laughs> so that was actually like, wasn't that the UK strategy? Like, I think like, so, yeah. Yeah, which is like, what the hell? Like basically like suicidal then? Like, okay, like somebody, if someone's <laughs> dying, then like, okay, that's their... <laughs> yeah that's like very yeah and then like they they see the you know (laughs) they quickly realize that it's not a smart thing to do and then now they are like in more of intense quarantine too Mm, yeah they they are banning uh like a gatherings more than two people now whoa Yeah. That's not that's not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean I think like people here like don't if I mean yeah, I know that like obviously you and I are taking this like very ser- seriously and then like totally. quarantining ourselves, but I really do think that a lot of the population they still don't like realize the seriousness about the situation. Totally. Like, yeah, like it like two weeks ago, like I read an article that um, <laughs> over the weekend, the trails and everything were like so packed with people, like definitely not 
like doing any social distancing. Yeah. So they're like closing down the parks and everything. Yeah, it's crazy. I had been uh I I recently picked up skateboarding again as a hobby, oh, cool. like probably yeah. like in like November, October or something, which is like a, a horrible habit because I fall <laughs> and I'm like I Ooh. get very close to injuring myself. But anyway, I've been skateboarding for the past couple of months and I've been going over to this uh, basketball court like down the uh -huh. street from my place to like skateboard on the basketball court because it's like mm -hmm. big and, and yeah. flat and whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, just today they like all like, like roped it all off and everything because before oh. all the playground equipment was like roped off mm -hmm. and had all the like caution tape around it yeah um so yeah they're like they're really cracking down yeah yeah so i had to go over to this parking lot to ride my skateboard yeah <laughs> well we found the alternatives so. exactly yeah it was yeah, totally fine job. for me yeah, no yeah. Big deal. yeah and also like you're that's skateboarding is more like a solo thing so. totally yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah those are the those i've been getting out and riding my skateboard and then i'll keep you know my social distance like when i'm seeing people or riding past people or whatever and then i've also been out like running like i really love running mm, so i'll go yeah. out and run and yes. um for a while i was running around the rose bowl and there's like it like just like the trail like there's a ton of people running around the rose bowl mm. so i'd i'd run on the opposite <laughs> side so that wow. i wasn't running past anyone and it was fine yeah. but um they just also like uh like 3 days ago they finally like closed down the rose bowl didn't oh, let wow. anybody run past it yeah huh yeah weird time difficult times yeah it's crazy it's totally yeah. crazy um have you have you been to the grocery store and had to like stand in line and stuff uh i i've been actually um i actually been to a couple of them uh -huh. i went to ralph's and that one like i had to um be on in the line for but i think like that's a good thing though because like totally. it means that they regulate like the number of people who goes into the you know yeah grocery shopping and then like not really like bumping into each other yeah but um yeah so that one was okay it was actually like more civil than i thought it would be right <laughs> yeah and uh, i i see a lot of like you know eggs and they put like a sign that like oh you can only buy one egg carton yeah. Uh, per person and then i even saw toilet paper and i was like whoa yeah, <laughs> yeah. so that was that was good and then i also went to um korean grocery market in cool. k-town and it was really actually really funny because um there are like a couple of them in the neighborhood uh -huh. and then there's one uh thing it's h-mart and it's actually underneath of this like a huge mall in Koreatown. It's a mm. kind of old mall. Yeah. And then that mall obviously is closed, but then they are keeping that grocery store open. And in order to get there, you need to go into the parking lot. And then it's like a, you know, like a basement of it. But then they also kind of like do did like a caution tape 
there it mm. looks so and then like, you have to kind of like, like go through this <laughs> little part pathway in like a mall and then it feels so like zombie <laughs> totally yeah yeah i was yeah. like wow this is so weird like yeah but the the grocery store was great <laughs> that's crazy yeah do you uh do you wear a mask when you go out uh i i mean i want to but then i don't have one like i try uh, to try to find it try yeah. to buy it and yeah. i actually bought it because my mom all my whole family is like still in korea yeah and then when uh la like first got their like confirmed cases like very early on like she texted me and she's like hey it might be a good idea to get the mask right now so that yeah. you know Blah, blah blah so i was like okay and then i went to went on to amazon and then ordered it it still hasn't came uh, <laughs> where is it <laughs> like, that was like a month ago where is it yeah <laughs> yeah so i don't have a uh, mask to wear that's fine but i i should wear like a bandana or something but i'm like too lazy <laughs> yeah I've, I've been interested to see um different people's fashion they've been wearing like scarves or bandanas uh-huh. yeah it's pretty uh it's pretty cool my neighbors are walking around with um some pretty interesting fashion statements oh <laughs> yeah. such um, as such as um i forget what they're called it's not called a band uh, there's this thing that like runners wear I have a couple of them and I forget what they're called, but it's like, um, it's basically just a tube of like spandex. Oh, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like covers like your, like, yeah. Area. Okay. And you could wear it as a hat or you could wear it as a headband yeah, yeah. or you could yeah, wear yeah, it as yeah. like a mouth cover thing. Uh huh. Um, so a lot of them have been like walking around in those. It's pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. My mom was like, Eric, we have these extra masks. Like, we want to give oh. them. We want to like give you these masks. And I was like, oh, you should, you should maybe donate those to like the hospital yeah, yeah. or something. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there um, is there anything that you miss about Korea? I mean, I'm sure you miss your family, but like, yeah, culturally or anything. Like, what are some of the differences? Um, I. Gosh, it it's been actually a, a long time because uh-huh. um I, I basically I don't know I feel like I spend like most of my adult life in the U.S. Ah uh, yeah, and my memory in Korea is like so long ago, and then things has changed like so much now, and yeah, so what, but like I sixteen years ago or something. Oh, not that long. Oh, <laughs> it's, yeah, been, yeah. it's been like, I guess, like twelve years ago. Cool. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. but but still, like Korea, like changes so fast. And, uh, yeah, and I I couldn't really go back and like visit my family because uh, of my visa situation and then my green uh, card. Yeah, and especially like if you're in process of green card you cannot leave the country period because if you leave the country then they consider that as like dropping the case mm. so um i last year in january was my first time going back in like seven years mm. yeah wow. and then, like 
whoa, like I, I don't recognize any of this. Dang, yeah. <laughs> Especially like the, but I do miss like food a lot. Mm. I mean, LA has like a lot of like good Korean food for sure. Mm-hmm. But like definitely like different than like Korea. Yeah. And like there are like specific things that I miss about like snacks that I was eating like after my like you know high school or middle school mm-hmm. like there there's like a specific things like that like that i miss a lot and is it stuff that you would buy or stuff that your mom would make or i i can't make it here but like it's just like it's not the same you know like yeah. it's like that like specific spot because i i grew up in the, this one neighborhood and then there's like this one we we call it tteokbokki which mm-hmm. is like a spicy rice cake like a street food type of thing yeah and i like literally almost like ate almost every day <laughs> like yeah. after school with my friends yeah. and that's like all like most of the korean like middle schoolers and high schoolers do yeah and um yeah i can't make it at home but then like it, you're supposed to eat at that like a dirty mm. vendor <laughs> yeah <know>? totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's okay Takpoki. 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 Yes. Ha, cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then also like um, the, the Seoul, Seoul has this like a huge river kind of like running through like in the middle of the city. It's actually a really beautiful city. It has like a, this river runs through in the middle of the city and then it's like surrounded by this mountain range. Mm. And, uh, but I used to live like pretty close to the river and then the river has like this like park like right outside of the river, mm. like with like grass and stuff. And then people, especially like during the summertime or like springtime, like people go out like picnicking all the time mm. and I miss that a lot. And also like you can order food there. Like you can get some food delivered. Mm-hmm. The delivery um, industry in Korea is like really crazy. Like they can, you can get like anything delivered, like anywhere you want. And like, <laughs> even when you're like in this like middle of nowhere, like, you know, the um, grass, like by the river thing, like, they're like hey like i'm by like this like blah 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 like on the grass and they will come to you and they will find you <laughs> really yeah yeah wow that's amazing yeah so I, I know a lot of people like order like fried chicken and like beer and then they just like enjoy themselves yeah things that's like so that fun yeah yeah wow do you still listen to k-pop Oh, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) That was my last boy band that I liked. I don't even know what BTS sings these days. Like, Uh I don't know anything. I I also, yeah, I mean, that that band is like the only band that I liked. And then Uh other music-wise, I actually like, we're listening to a lot more like indie band in Korea mm-hmm. too. I was like always like drawn to more like indie kind of experimental stuff that mm-hmm. nobody listened to. Yeah. And um, like also I was like super into jazz too. Mm-hmm. 
and like more like a pop too so like I I guess like when I was in senior year John Mayer came out with his like first album and then I was like whoa this is so cool (laughs) (laughs) little that I know I mean he's still like makes good music but I had my own opinion about him (laughs) that was uh like old old Ulta something is it the is it the one with the the running through the halls of my high school song uh, i don't know i don't think so i, I think it had uh was it called heavy things is that what it was called maybe it was like uh, i remember it, it being like gray like I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Too long ago. <laughs> totally. No, yeah, my sister listened to a lot of John Mayer. She used to fantasize about yeah. kissing him. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of girls did. <laughs> yeah. Do yeah. you do you play any instruments? Um, I want to and I actually oh, yeah. learned a little bit of um piano. Great. Uh, when I was back in, well, I, I grew up like kind of learning piano, mm-hmm. but then I'm not really like, good at it. But I, I always, always, always loved jazz. And then I really wanted to learn jazz piano. Hell but yeah. then I, jazz is not really big in Korea. I know it's big mm. in Japan, but like not really in Korea. Mm. Now it's like maybe beginning to be, but um, so I couldn't really find like any jazz piano teacher. So I when I moved to New York, I actually like it's also kind of a funny story, but um, I I listened to a lot of like indie band and like stuff, and I was a huge fan of Nick Hakim, mm. and then he just did the NPR uh, Tiny Desk, and yeah. then I was like, that was like, I mean, I I, I love like listening to his music, but like I never watched, I've never gone to his like show or like I've never watched him like in like a video setting before for some reason yeah and then that was my first time like seeing the whole band and then i and i think like he also like posted it on on instagram and then he tagged all all of his members and then um and i started following jake sherman and then jake kind of like said something about like lesson or something and i was like whoa like he gives lesson and then I, I never actually like never ever done this one before. But then I was like, oh, I need to like send him a DM. Like I was like sliding his DM. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, uh, hey. And I, as I like was like writing this message in my head, I'm like, he's never gonna like, he's not even gonna like respond. But he's not even gonna like read this like stupid message but then i just mm. like oh why not like i said i'll send it anyways and then i said hey i saw that you were like giving some like piano lesson like do you take any like new students and but then yeah like my expectation was like not getting any response but he actually responded and then great yeah i actually like took a lesson from him for like almost a year yeah wow yeah yeah what what and, kind of stuff did you learn? Um, I we I actually like really love Chet Baker. 
Hell yeah. Yeah, and then uh, we were working on like the song and then like working on like a solo, kind of like transcribing and stuff. Uh, and then... One of his trumpet solos? Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah, which song? Uh, I think we did like I Fall In Love Too Easily. Hell yeah. Yeah, and then after I did that, uh, Jay kind of found the um, Tommy Flanagan version of it. Yeah. And then I, uh, we kind of worked on like his solo. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so cool. Yeah, I, I studied jazz guitar in college. That was oh, like, cool. That was my major. And Chet Baker is one of the only like jazz singers that I really love. So like mm-hmm. all the Chet Baker sings records, like those oh yeah, are, I love those are that. some of my favorite records I've ever heard. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Hell yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So you got I your really... like you got your two five one voicings oh, and everything. Yep, yep. <laughs> yep. Nice. Do you have yeah. a piano? No, unfortunately, I I had to like sell it like when I like moved here, which is sad. But oh, so you had it in New York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, like a digital one, and yeah. then and then I I just had to you know cut down my yeah belongings to do the cross country moving. So sure, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You gotta get another piano. It's quarantine. I know. I know. I know. This is the perfect time. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I I actually like do wanna. I mean, I probably need to like focus on one at a time. But like, mm-hmm. I really wanted to learn how to play guitar too. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's like my two thing. I mean, I, I do love the piano. I think like it's like a really cool instrument, and I I really wanna learn like a jazz piano especially but i think the guitar i really like the fact that it's like you know you can just bring it with you anywhere it's like so like easy to just like the mobility of it is like so good oh yeah yeah Yeah, it's one of one of the many beautiful things about (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's incredible though that you got that into the jazz piano stuff i mean that that is not easy did you get into like altered scale and all that stuff i mean it was considering it's like only like a year lesson like i but also yeah i mean like i think we did like a good amount of time like spending on like learning the the solo and then jake kind of like the way we did it was like less about like a theory but also like kind of he wanted me to just like try things out so like we would do yeah and then like he he he, i mean he's also incredible like a pianist and then he would do he would maybe do come up with my own um solos like with the um what is it the melody yeah of that song and then i always feel like oh you know (laughs) like i can't do it (laughs) i'm not good enough but then like jake was like you have it in you like you just gotta let it out and i'm like Mm. "Ah, yeah but yeah i i really want to like pick that up back again um when i uh 
and at this more like a financially sustainable <laughs> situation right yeah. now. Yeah, I think like yeah. freelancing, I, that was like another reason why I kind of like stopped because when I was doing full time, then I know exactly like um, amount of money that I'm making. But then with freelancing, I just like wanted to know, um, I wanted to wait until like I know that like I have more like a comfortable um, you know, stage financially. That totally makes sense. Yeah. 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 That I'm, I'm inspired. I'm always inspired by people who like take up instruments like as mm. not children or like as adults. It's, it's so it's hard. Really cool. <laughs> it's really cool. It's, it's really hard, but yeah, I, I really want to do it. Mm. Yeah. Hell yeah. I had another question. And I totally forgot it. It had something else to do with art and music, but I completely forget. But yeah, I would totally encourage you to like get a guitar, get a piano, whatever. The um, the, you know, you could learn so much for free on YouTube. Mm, true. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, I think like with guitar though, like it's just like you gotta get um through that phase of like your finger hurting. Yeah, there there is a bit of that, but um, if you really want to do it, like if you really want to play guitar, uh-huh. that phase of your fingers hurting isn't going to like be a big deal to you. Mm. That's only a big deal to people who don't really want to do it, and then yeah. they and <laughs> then they use that as an excuse <laughs> to like not yeah, yeah. to like stop playing oh, the guitar. Oh, it's like too hurting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because totally. the, the reality is, is like, <clears throat> whenever I change the amount of time, like I've been playing guitar for, I guess, sixteen years. Mm. So and still and like consistently, like I've never I've never like put it down for any length okay. of time. I've always played guitar. Um, so whenever I change the amount of time I'm playing, my fingers still hurt. Like mm-hmm. if I if I go from playing 15 minutes a day to playing mm-hmm. like an hour a day, mm-hmm. like my my fingers are gonna hurt until I like mm-hmm. adjust to that amount of time or whatever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if if you like really want to learn how to play the guitar, then it won't it won't be a big deal to you. Huh. Especially. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Especially like your ear, like hearing all the jazz harmony and all the stuff that you learned on the piano. Like, mm-hmm. I think guitar is going to come really easy for you. Mm, cool. Yeah. What do you think the difference between like jazz guitar and then other guitar, I guess, <laughs> like, you know, musically? Yeah, well, jazz guitars don't, jazz guitarists don't make any money. And then... <laughs> Other kinds oh, of guitar players wow, wow. <laughs> make money <laughs> and, and have girlfriends. Oh no! <laughs> but um, I mean, it's it, it's it's similar to like comparing regular piano with jazz piano, like the extended harmonies, like seventh chords and nine chords mm. and dominant chords and colorful extensions like flat 16 or sharp Mm. nine or like all that stuff is a difference but it's also um like when you play jazz guitar your attack is a lot more gentle 
And mm. then you also set up the amp and then you also set up like your right hand to mm. get a darker, smoother sound out of mm. the instrument, which cool. like usually when you play blues guitar, it's mm. the, the sound is like striking the string as hard as possible. Mm -hmm. um and like jazz guitar is is really different like you want to be mm -hmm. a lot more gentle and get like a sweet sound mm -hmm. um yeah i i yeah. love i mean hence that i love jazz but also mm -hmm. i i think like jazz guitar is like so beautiful yeah yeah the sound of it and um i've been listening to wes montgomery yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, so good. Yeah, it's incredible. Have you ever heard of um, Julie London? Yeah, yeah. Have you heard that one record? It's a duo record with her and um, I think it's Ed Bickert, but there's this whole record that's just a duo record with her and a guitar player. Uh -huh. I'll have huh. to send you that one. I really, yeah, really yeah. like that one. Please do, yeah. And then in, in, as far as modern people... Um, do you know who Julian Lodge is? Mm -mm. I'll have to send you some Julian Lodge stuff. Yeah, yes. And this guy, Bill Frizzell. Do you know who Bill Frizzell is? Mm -hmm. oh, it's like I have like just a ton of people. Yeah, yeah. Lots of stuff. yeah. <laughs> That's so wonderful. Who, who was it that got you interested in jazz? Or was it something that you found on your own? <sighs> I... I don't know if there was like one influence. I just like, I don't know. I, I don't know why, but like, I just like growing up listening to like different stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't remember like exactly when I started to like feel like, oh, like jazz is like so cool. Mm -hmm. But I, I guess like, oh, maybe now that I think of it, because like my mom loves classical music. Mm. And I literally like listening to classical music radio for like every single day for my entire life. <laughs> like, <laughs> growing up. like, it's like the first thing my mom does is like in the morning, it's like she like comes out and like, you know, turn on the radio. Yeah. And, um, but they do most of the time they, they play classical music, but then they do have like a jazz time, like at mm. night. And I think that's like how I kind of like got introduced to like mm -hmm. some of the jazz music. Yeah, I think like that's when, and then, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. The radio. Yeah. It's a great <laughs> influence. Yep, do you uh, sure. do you listen to any podcasts? I used to, and I kind of stopped. I hear you. Yeah, I. Yeah. I've been listening to the daily, cool. <laughs> yeah, for the current events, and then yeah, that's uh, a good one. Yeah, I used to listen to a lot of Radio Lab. Yeah, and I think, but that's like everybody's favorite Radio Lab, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, This American Life. Yeah, and then Ninety Nine Percent Invisible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Did you ever listen to Invisibilia? I've heard of that one. I loved it. I mean, I think I only listened to the first, like, two seasons. Mm -hmm. But um, I really, really loved Invisibilia. Hmm. Yeah, that was Gotta cool. check it out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's so much yeah. content. 
yeah. available. <laughs> like you can't listen to all of it. Yeah. Have you? Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, you're fine. Uh, I was gonna say, like, I I also listen to the um, dissect on um, Spotify. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. It's this guy uh, kind of dissecting the whole album. Oh, cool. Yeah, and then he he did he he usually do like hip hop albums, and then cool. uh, I also like didn't really listen to the whole thing. That's fine. <laughs> so, but I, I listened to the Kendrick Kendrick Lamar one. Oh yeah, did yeah. they do Damn? Is that the one they did? They they did Damn uh, pretty recently, but he actually started. It's like a couple seasons now, but like the mm. first se- first like dissect that he ever did was on uh to pimp the butterfly cool and that one was really good damn was good too but like i really liked the first one and then yeah yeah, some of my friends like listened to uh frank ocean one and then they didn't really like that one (laughs) oh really (laughs) yeah is it because they don't like the record or because they didn't like the podcast they didn't like that podcast. They thought uh, that it was like too much like white guy dissecting. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know why. But I think like he did actually like a really funny. good job on Kendrick Lamar ones because I think that like, he has like more background. Yeah. And he did like a lot more research on that one than the other albums. And I can tell mm. that he's like super passionate about <laughs> Kendrick Lamar. Lamar. Yeah. Yeah, Kendrick is incredible. Yeah. He, he he I'm I'm very impressed with that. Man. Yeah, yeah. And like <laughs> the the way he like structures the whole album. Yeah. I mean, he he's like not only like a hip hop musician, but like he's more like a he he kind of like treats the album I mean, probably mo- most of the artists do like musicians do that too, but like very cinematic and very like storytelling and like everything yeah. has like a meaning and like yeah. it's really yeah i always like i always admire all the musicians like how they spill the whole like story and like you know writing their lyrics and like telling the story but also like do that with the music and yeah it's really mind-blowing totally yeah it's impressive um have you uh have you ever watched any documentaries about chet baker no actually he like uh he had quite a wild life do you know about his like yeah yeah. drug addiction yeah and And, uh i I know that like and everything i don't know like the way he died but i know that like he got like super addicted to the drugs and then he lost like all yeah. of the, his teeth and yeah 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 he, like he got his teeth punched out and he couldn't play trumpet for i think it was a couple years yeah um and then uh the way that he died is he fell out of a he fell out of a window of a motel oh, wow. i think and hit the sidewalk Yikes. And um, people don't know if it was like a murder or if it was an accident. Mm. Um, but yeah, Chet, I, it's he, and now I'm gushing because Chet's one of my favorites and he's one of yeah. your favorites too. So I feel like I can talk about him. <laughs> but he has such an interesting life because he was so like 
beautiful and handsome. He's like one of yeah. like for that time period, mm-hmm. he's like one of the most attractive men you could think of. Mm-hmm. And then the sound that he gets on his trumpet and his voice is like so sweet and mm-hmm. so uh so gentle, but the mm-hmm. life that he lived was so wild with like drugs mm-hmm. and girls and all this shit. Mm-hmm. And like I feel oh, like there's beautiful men. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. I feel like yeah. it's such a it's such a juxta juxta juxt, how do you say that word? Juxtaposition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, juxtaposition between like the sweet sound of his music and uh-huh. like the tortured life that he lived. It's yeah, so exactly. Yeah, like when I listen to his voice. He sounds so innocent, you know, yeah. like, like yeah. the sound of an angel. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah. And I I also like thought that it was kind of like funny because like Jake, like my piano teacher, like uh-huh. I think he has like a very similar voice too. Like mm. he's very like, also his like talking voice is like totally different, which is kind of like, whoa. Yeah. But <laughs> when he sings, it's like very like high Pitch, but like very innocent tone and i was yeah. like oh that's like so cool but because like i think it's kind of rare thing for the guys to have like that yeah yeah do you like um do you like sufjan stevens at all yeah 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 i i didn't really know a lot of his music but then I love that uh, Call Me By Your Name movie came out. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. every girl loved that movie. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. The soundtrack was like, oh, so good. And oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I feel like he has a similar kind of a voice, mm-hmm. but I can't think of too many other people mm-hmm. like nowadays that have that really angelic sound. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Chet Baker is, he was. He's he's a really special character. I'm glad oh, I'm yeah. glad that you you're so into him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I awesome. Yeah, I really love his yeah. I I mean I I do love his uh trumpet albums, but cool. definitely like when he sings, I think like that's like so so good. Yeah. His voice is like so like such a unique gift. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. What about uh what about upright bass? Would you ever play upright bass? Oh yeah, I, that's really cool and I I I also like I don't know, like when I was in high school, I guess no, maybe like in high school and then uh in college too. I I was super into bass and then cool. I did learn a little bit of a bass guitar. Really? And, yeah. <laughs> and then right. it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> and I probably like forgot like everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I've never played like upright bass, but yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be really cool. Have you ever written a song before? No. I I don't know. I mean like I always like think about it, but then like oh, it's like do you know that like imposter syndrome? Yes. Yeah, and I think like I whenever it comes to like music or something, and even when I'm like designing too, and I'm like, I don't even know, like I can't do this, you know, I'm not the the expert, whatever. Yeah. And but I I have like a couple friends um who just like has 
like all the confidence in the world and then like make music and write mm-hmm. music and i'm like so jealous of them because like mm-hmm. for me i'm like oh but then like if i want to write a music then i need to know this theory and like or like i need to know how to play the instruments or whatever like there are like so many things that like stopping me from totally. actually doing it totally so yeah no it's just like what your piano teacher was saying it's already inside of you mm-hmm. you just need to let it out yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know uh, <laughs> yeah but funny. yeah maybe yeah what uh what advice would you give to someone who's interested in getting into design work like the kind of stuff that you do um i want to say um Design, I, I know a lot of people, when they think about design, they, mm. a lot of people think that it's like making something pretty or like even they think that it's like a more of an artistic thing. But actually, I see design as more of a problem solving than like artistic thing. And mm. I think as a designer, I think designer and artist are like, not maybe completely opposite but like very different thing Mm. and because like for an artist like the important thing for them is like trying really trying to find like themselves and then like their unique voice and like really expressing them as an artist and their point of view but then for a designer you kind of have to really i mean yeah like you have to like bring your own like perspective and whatever but it's the focus is not about you or your work it's about the the problem itself like the the one subject that you're trying to tackle and then really let it be the main thing and then you trying to like figure out like how to get to the problem like the, the solution mm. and just like really shifting your mind to that and even like even if you're like doing something visual too like it can it anything can be like problem solving like visual problem solving too so like you can be doing things like like picking the color you can just like pick the color because you thought that that's like pretty Mm. but that's not really problem solving is it Mm. so but if you pick the color like oh i i picked this like yellow because like it's you know, I don't know. If you can like come up with the the reason why, and like you like pick the color with the purpose, that's like the designer way of doing it. Mm. So I think like that like mindset would be really helpful, and also just get out there and then see a lot of things. Like as for any artists or like creative people would say to you but yeah it's really and and also like same thing with like you know like making music too like just you start doing shit you know like you can only advance yourself like by doing more and more work yeah so yeah do do more work and think about the process and like why you're doing it more than how it looks Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think that like every field can benefit 
from a little bit of that too, like mm. um, the difference between the artist and the problem solver. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah. Is that kind of like how the mindset that your education in Chicago was geared toward or was the Chicago a little more like artist heavy? Um, my school. So I went to the school of the Art Institute of Chicago and that school is like notoriously famous for um, being very conceptual, mm. like even for an, for an artist, like, they really like want you to think and then like think more time on the concept than like the execution yeah and make it like more interesting so definitely like starting from that but also when you're working in the field like if you're um especially like in brand design world like mm-hmm. yeah like I don't know. It's like a within the creative team, like people always like my all of my like bosses, like my creative directors always like wanted me to like do the design that has purpose and that has like concept behind it, not just like, oh, I did this because it it's pretty. It's like mm. I mean defend your work in that case because like it it looks pretty is like such a like subjective thing yeah it's not why like when you're talking to client because like the client needs to understand why you did this and where it's coming from Hmm. you know so yeah interesting you're giving me lots to think about Hmm. i had another question yeah Oh, it was about um, getting work as a freelancer. Mm-hmm. How, has, how has that been for you? Oh, it's been very tough. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Um, I got super lucky because um, my old coworkers, like my old bosses, um, one of my boss, she also uh, quit Chipotle and then she started her, her own like business like a like a freelance like a studio type of thing mm-hmm. and then she takes on a lot of the work and then she needs some help on some cool. of the work that she does so like she she knows like how i work and mm-hmm. also like she has been working with me for a long time so i we know each other so she takes on a lot of her projects which i'm like very grateful for and then through her relationship with like other clients, like if like the scope of the work is like too small for her to take on or like for her, to, cause like for her, she's more of a creative director. So like if the, mm. the project is like too small, it doesn't really make sense to bring in the whole team. So yeah. if it needs like one designer, then like, Hey, like, would you be interested so then like it kind of comes to me that way and then Mm. like i build relationship with her i mean through that and then like yeah it's kind of like it's been that way so yeah and then i try to get work through some like a creative agency like creative Mm. circle or something like that but then it hasn't been that successful for some reason Mm. Because, like, a lot of the times, like, 
they wanted me to be on site mm. and again my lack of um driving skills <laughs> kind of becoming a problem because like i can't really commute like you know and then most of the it feels like most of the work is in west side like in santa monica uh, area and then it's like mm. too far and stuff yeah so but yeah maybe after the corona maybe they'll open to remote working <laughs> so we'll yeah see. it's like yeah. i think this is going to be a real like before and after thing like oh yeah for sure stuff is going to be really different after all of this yeah and like industry too i think yeah i actually talked about this with my my parents and my mm -hmm. dad was like yeah like after corona there will be a lot of the job that will get disappear mm. you know and then this is only kind of like escalating that like a like a tech like industry yeah more and then like machine learning and like ai stuff totally yeah totally yeah this is a big push towards us all being in our living rooms and just having like artificial reality ah, so sad goggles on well it's just like just think about it like i don't know i mean i hate i hate to be all anxious like this but let's say a coronavirus came out like 20 years from now mm -hmm. that was 20 times worse than this coronavirus it would make like it would make the outside world basically uninhabitable yeah and it would make like interacting with other human beings like death basically yeah so then we would all just figure out how to live inside forever <laughs> true well these like now we have technology like this <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah yeah but like oh my god like can you imagine like going through something like that like can you imagine people in the like spanish flu exactly oh wild 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 yeah yeah Yikes. yeah it's 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 crazy times and yeah. i only my only hope is that there are people much smarter than me figuring out <laughs> the best way to <laughs> move forward Please. and i and yeah. i really hope that cities continue to be a thing during my lifetime because i really yeah. i really like going to restaurants and i like going to oh, shows yeah. and me i like too. hanging out in large crowds of people i think that it's a it's a beautiful yeah. feeling yeah i don't think it's gonna be i mean i think that will still be because like i think no matter what though even in this situation like humans are like social animals and mm, it yeah. can't really like be alone you know yeah so i think it's never gonna go away but yeah but definitely it will like fast track the um ai and like more of that like technology which i'm actually like really interested in mm. working on i think it's oh, like yeah. a fascinating subject and i actually think that it's really interesting timing for us to like make that more like human and like bringing some like ethics into mm -hmm. that like a design practice too because yeah. like i actually went to this um conference like last year and then one like one of the speakers like they kind of presented their research work around uh chatbots 
Mm-hmm. And then like they were comparing like these two chatbots, like the one chatbot at uh, Verizon and then the uh, other chatbot at like Sprint or something. And then they were kind of like comparing like which chatbot is better, like practice or whatever. But then they, one of their like heuristics that they had for to determine like which one is better, it was um, does the chatbot identify themselves as a bot? Mm. And obviously, like if they do, that that's like a better one, and then the other one is like not a good one. But that kind of like brings up this like question of like you know ethics in like this situation. And then this person was like. Oh yeah, like it actually like brings up like a really interesting uh, experience that I had with my kids, and basically she was saying that like she had her kid, um, kids like friend over for like a play date or something, and they're like what three like four year olds, and <laughs> they were just like playing and they're talking to each other, and then she overheard their like conversation, and then like one kid goes like hey, like, I have a friend named, like, Siri. And then this other kid was like, I have a friend named Siri, too. And then they were kind of, like, talking about Siri as if it's their friend. Mm -hmm. And then the mom was like, oh, like, do I break them? That's a bot, (laughs) you know? Or, like, it's almost like breaking, like, the Santa Claus to them, you know? Totally, yeah. Yeah, but then... Also, the other person, when the person like said that, the other person was like, oh my God, like that actually happened to my kid too, because, but in like more like a worse scenario, because um, when you talk to like Alexa or Siri or like, or like whatever that voice assistant, like you kind of tell, say it in like a more like a ordering, yeah. like then like being like polite to your like voice assistant. Totally. And then the kid like picked that up and then he was like talking to like people in that way too (laughs) and then she had like a trouble like how to like distinct like hey like that's not a not okay to do that but then like the kid doesn't really understand like why can't you do this like to siri you know it's like and because like that's like a totally different situation than like where we grew up because like we mm-hmm. didn't really have that device but like now they're growing up with all this d- device and then that's gonna also like affect them in their like social you know norm and stuff yeah. which i thought it was like super fascinating it and, is incredibly yeah. fascinating um i'm a i'm a fan of ne- of elon musk yeah do yeah. you do you like elon I think he's a genius person, but also he's kind of odd. <laughs> odd and odd in what way? I don't know. He's like a I don't know. He's like a weird person. I think. <laughs> well, he, he definitely is weird, but um, I'm a I I I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. Um, he's he's fairly concerned about AI, mm. and uh, do you know who this guy Sam Harris is? I think I heard of him. Yeah, he's like a he's like a. I I don't know that he would classify himself as this anymore, but through the years he's been sort of an atheist apologist. Like he's okay. written books about new atheism and kind of, uh, I guess, uh, 
discouraging people's involvement in traditional religions but uh i think another way that he would can he would refer to himself as a uh a moral the not theologian theorist something Hmm. philosopher moral philosopher Mm -hmm. ethics philosopher but um anyway they're they're two guys that i tend to enjoy what they have to say and Mm -hmm. uh they're both very concerned about ai Hmm. and uh that's kind of that's kind of most of the perspective that I've heard. I haven't heard too many people that are like super excited about AI. Actually, I have a friend who works at one of the very advanced AI organization. Cool. And uh, he's actually like super optimistic cool. about AI. Uh, he believes that AI is the only hope that can save humanity from mm destroying ourselves like you know he 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 thinks that like the two things that's gonna like affect humanity in like a really significant way well, i guess like other than coronavirus at this point uh. <laughs> 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 three things but two yeah. things um is uh one climate change mm. and then the second thing is the ai yeah and he thinks that humans i mean if we significantly like change our lifestyle and then like Mm. the the materials that they were using uh then maybe we can like save ourselves from climate change but like he thinks it's like already too late and then Mm. we're just gonna you know destroy the earth but then he thinks that that makes the ai so crucial and we have to bring every single thing to make this ai like really great so that it can like save ourselves from you know the um climate change and then he also i he might see this one i he actually like sent me (laughs) this um ted talk of um by ray kurzweil Mm while and he is also like a super optimistic. He's like the, the most optimistic person about AI. And then he, I think his thing is that um, like human intelligence, when human intelligence and machine intelligence become one, like that's the ultimate like universe. Mm. Like it has to be that way. Sure. Is like his theory, <clears throat> which actually kind of sounds like, Ooh, is that a good thing? <laughs> he thinks that it's like it's gonna be the best case scenario. Mm. But yeah, I thought like that was like really interesting like point. And I think but also like he also told me that uh I mean a lot of the people are kind of concerned about AI and then like but then in reality like people most of the people don't really know where the ai technology is at at this Mm. point and because like he he works at like one of the advanced ai organization like he he says that it's actually like a lot more advanced than we think totally yeah yeah and then actually his organization is like a used to be a nonprofit, and then like it was basically making everything 
like every code or whatever, like machine learning code and everything like to be like open source. Yeah. But then because their technology is reaching to the point where it's like very advanced and like, it's almost like making weapon in a way. Totally. And then yeah. you kind of don't want it to be like out in the open like everything you know yeah because for like, just anyone yeah because if it falls into this like bad guy's like hand and you know it's like a nu- nuclear thing like it could be used in like a medical situation or something like energy <sighs> but then it could Wild. be used as like war weapon so yeah. um they're kind of like now considering like okay like how to censor that and how to you know yeah which is my wool and yeah it's crazy yeah but also like am i living in the same world (laughs) Uh, (laughs) how am i like so like far away from i mean not so far away but also like kind of far away and i'm like wow that's like uh all this like brilliant smart people (laughs) working on those stuff but yeah but i think like really people have to be really like cautious and really bringing ethics and like more of like a human element to totally. like AI yeah. so that it's not like destroying humans, I guess. Yeah. I hear you. My, my thought about it and I'm not an expert at all on AI, but my thought about it is like, um, there you could like go about it in a really ethical way but then once it achieves like actual autonomy, mm-hmm. it will become whatever it's be- it's going to become. And then yeah. also on the on the other side of things, like uh, you could go about it in a really unethical way, um, mm-hmm. or like a malevolent way. And mm-hmm. then, but then once it becomes autonomous again, it'll become whatever it becomes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's like I don't know. I'm trying to trying to maybe like have some fun before ai takes over (laughs) 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 which it may (laughs) it may be like a it may be a nice time like the the ai future may be like really pleasurable and wonderful and happy and it may not be and i don't know but i think i think it's gonna happen one way or another yeah Uh, i think but the one thing that i found it very interesting when i was talking to that that uh, friend mm-hmm. like who works in AI mm-hmm. is that what what machine can do and can't do is like so different and like in a way like we are just like so afraid about like oh my god like how like the machine like beating us like in like calculation like whatever and that has happened like a long time ago they can do that kind of thing is like so much better than us, you know? Mm. And, but then what they can't do is like, so like right now they were working about working on like how to solve that. Like what's that? Like a cube thing? Like with the Rubik's the, cube. Is that a Rubik's cube? Yeah. Yeah. The puzzle, the, the color, color one. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So like the machine can solve it like within like a point of a second, you mm. know, like really quickly. And yeah. we get like so scared about that part, but mm. like that's already like they they got it 
done. Totally. But what they can't do, what is like very difficult for the um, the machine is that, let's say like you you are like solving it as a human. Like for me, like if I'm like holding it one hand and then like, you know, like uh, flicking through the, the, the block, I guess. Uh-huh. I already know like how to like hold it so that I, I don't drop it. Right. Yeah. It's just like it, my brain is like a, I don't even need to think about it. Yeah. But then for machine, that's extremely hard to do. Mm. Cause like you have to like, it's, it may not look like that difficult, but then it kind of actually like involves a lot of different nerves and different like thinking process, like within our brain Yeah, that like, the machine can't really do so like they were kind of training the machine to be able to do that part like acts as if they have a human brain yeah and i thought that that was like so fascinating it's like the the thing that we can do just like no brainer yeah is like really difficult thing for this machine yeah yeah that makes sense so yeah, the merging of like the whole idea of the merging of the machine mind and the human mind becomes yeah. uh, very interesting at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe oh, I'll yeah. share that that <laughs> talk to you. Yeah, I'd love to check it yeah. out. I'm yeah. super interested in all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's let's uh let's wind down. This has been yeah, super yeah. cool. Yeah. I've really enjoyed being able to talk to you. Yeah, same, same. Before we sign off for good, do you have any last words of wisdom for us? <laughs> wisdom. Um, well, I don't know. I don't really have wisdom, but, well, I guess in the light of coronavirus, let's uh, really, you know, just kind and yeah. nice to each other. And then I think the one good thing that brings uh, the, the coronavirus brought is that like really get in touch with like everybody and then checking in with everybody. Like I yeah. was like talking to my friends more, really like mm. checking in with them. So yeah, let's keep doing that and let's keep being human. <laughs> Great. I love yeah. it. I love it. So usually when I have people over to my house, the way that I end the podcast is that I slide them a note that I've written for them across the table. Okay. And it's kind of like to hearken back to the days when we were in elementary school and we used to pass notes to each other. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But since I can't pass you a note physically, Mm -hmm. I've written you a note virtually oh cool so here i'm gonna share this note with you and then for our are you seeing that yes cool so for our listeners you can read that aloud oh your design yo heech your designs are dope i've eaten some tasty food off of your designs and i visited some killer websites with your designs little did i know they were your designs. Thanks for making my world a better design place and for following me on Instagram. <laughs> Anyways, want to be friends? Yes. Hell yeah. So there's actually a way that you can annotate oh. it on your computer. Wow. 
or you can uh you can you can select the little annotate button oh cool and then you can mark each box or of course whichever hell yeah <laughs> that's a strong looking check yes <laughs> perfect cool so we Ew. don't have to we don't have to sign off the call just yet but let's sign off of podcast land all right hell yeah see you later everybody bye